In the name of God, source of all being, eternal word and Holy Spirit, amen. Today is a red letter day. St. George's Day is celebrated with honor in the Church of England because he is our patron saint, at least in the part of the country where we happen to be this evening. We've just been enjoying watching the Commonwealth Games, which took place in Australia on the other side of the world. In that, there were four teams from what were quaintly described as home nations, representing one country, England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. The same happens in other sports, not least international rugby and soccer. Yet, at the very recent meeting of the Commonwealth Heads of Government held in this city and Windsor, there was but one representative of this country, the Prime Minister. And we have only one seat at the United Nations, even though we are also a permanent member of the Security Council. So what is all this about George and England in particular? It's worth noting that he is not unique to us. He is also the patron saint of Georgia, Malta and Gozo, Portugal, Romania, and both Aragon and Catalonia in Spain. In every case, George is an immigrant because as far as we know, he never strayed far during his lifetime from where he was born. He was certainly not an Englishman. Of course, we know very little about him, which has allowed flights of imagination and even some possible confusion with the Archangel Michael in the legend of the dragon. George is in that considerable category of saints that are reverenced by human beings, but whose deeds are known only to God. The traditions about him became widespread very soon after his lifetime, and particularly after his martyrdom, probably at the orders of the Roman Emperor Diocletian in the first years of the fourth century. George was the victim of one of the final persecutions of Christians before the Emperor Constantine adopted Christianity as the official creed of his empire. That coincidence may have assisted George's reputation. He was soon being referred to as the great martyr. And when Georgia became a Christian country, at about the same time, he was adopted by them, though it is questionable whether the country was in fact named after him. And this gives an interesting slant to the readings chosen for this evening, especially the one from the Gospel according to John. In our own country, through no fault of his own, George has become a somewhat toxic brand. He has been taken up, especially by means of the flag called the Cross of St. George, by people who espouse a so-called patriotism that sometimes strays closer 
to extreme nationalism. This is a curious way of abusing someone honored so internationally who never set foot in this country. Things that are toxic harm us. And yet, the reading from St. John is about wine, which is central to Christian worship. In our calendar, St. George's Day almost always occurs during Eastertide. Yet despite his importance for English people, he has to take second place if the 23rd of April coincides with days on which another person takes precedence. That person is the true vine himself, Jesus Christ, the one for whom George gave his life. It seems likely that George was a soldier in the part of the world that was called Palestine or the Holy Land, possibly from the town called Lydda. Soldiers who were Christian in the Roman Empire before the official proclamation of their faith had divided loyalties, which during periods of persecution became exposed. It may well have been that George like others before him, was asked to deny Christ or die. He chose not to submit to imperialism, another brand of nationalism, and was killed out of loyalty to his universal king. Why would he make such a choice? In our tradition, wine is directly associated with blood. At our most characteristic service, Holy Communion, we receive what we describe as the body and blood of Christ in the forms of bread and wine. These represent the readiness to give one's life rather than deny the love of God for the whole of humankind, indeed the whole created order. The spilling of one's blood is a particularly effective image for this. There's an interesting fact about Georgia, that small country in the Caucasus on the far eastern edge of Europe. It's now thought that viticulture, the cultivation of the grape with a particular view to the making of wine, may have originated there not long before the time of St. George. There is archaeology to substantiate this claim. About 35 years ago, I was on an Aeroflot plane flying from Moscow to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. On that flight, I was served Georgian wine for the first time. I hadn't known of its existence until then, and it was delicious. I now rejoice that there are Georgian restaurants in this city where it is available, two that are near enough to the parish where I minister in North London. So I give you a toast. As we celebrate St. George this evening, may we raise our glasses, not to the toxic poison of nationalism, but to the intoxicating power 
of the blood of Christ, that pregnant sign of the love of God for people of all nations. We stand to sing together the hymn on the separate sheet, When a Night When